Friends, hear now God's word as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 21, beginning with the 25th verse. If you're following along in your pew Bible, you can be found in the New Testament on page 85. If you're following along on a smartphone, take note that I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen now for God's living word for you, the people of God. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on the earth, distress among the nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. They Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is drawing near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have have taken place. For heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dispensation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and the day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and stand before the Son of Man. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There's a woman named Lisa Randall She is a scientist on the cutting edge of modern physics. You came to church to hear the Bible and bagpipes, and I'm about to tell you about physics. So she is a cosmologist, which is someone who studies the origin, evolution, and dynamics of the universe, which I will assure you is quite different from a cosmetologist, which I have mistakenly said a time or two in preparation for the sermon, Now, her field of cosmology studies the relationships of galaxies and stars and planets and the energy between them. 
The particular focus of Lisa Randall's research is dark matter and dark energy. She explains that dark matter is just like ordinary matter, but there's an exception. This means that the stuff that makes up the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and even us and our bodies and these walls and the earth, all of this is made up of matter. But there is an exception. And that exception is that ordinary matter, while it interacts with light and we can see it, the dark matter does not. Dark matter that she studies does not interact with light, as in it does not reflect light, which means our eyes cannot see it. Our eyes cannot see, ordinary, see dark matter the way we can see ordinary matter, hence the name dark matter. Ordinary matter reflects light, we see it. Dark matter does not reflect light, we cannot see it. And while she teaches that we do not interact with dark matter, it is all around us. And we know that this dark matter exists because it interacts with gravity and other forces of energy. And what's so interesting is that dark matter makes up most of the universe, about 95% of it. And so Randall explains that this means that we can only see a tiny percentage of all that is, about 4 to 5% of all that makes up the universe. I don't know about you, but in my daily life, I don't generally think about extra dimensions or worlds that I cannot see aside from the occasional science fiction movie. So when we turn to scripture, and the Gospel of Luke begins describing cosmic signs, I find it hard to understand what it means. And in the same way that physics and dark matter stretches my mind to think about something that's outside my frame of reference, so does this story, this parable that Jesus tells. And when I think about Jesus' teaching, I generally think about the call to love God and love neighbor and all the many ways that the Gospels teach this. Signs in the cosmos are not exactly where I go. But the Gospel of Luke goes there. These signs are in the midst of distress. These signs are in the midst of fear among people. These signs, as scary as they might be, Jesus says, can also be seen as a sign of hope. They are a reminder that God is present that Jesus is with us, and that Christ is still coming among human beings. You see, this is what the church remembers at this time of the year as we enter into seasons of Advent and Christmas. We are on the threshold of these seasons, and today, while we celebrate the Reformed theological heritage of, the, of our church in Scottish Sunday, on the church's liturgical calendar, today is also called Christ the King Sunday. And on the church's worship calendar, 
Today is the threshold that we cross over from what we call ordinary time into the beginning of a new worship calendar. This threshold is the beginning of the new year in the church. One might say that today, this Sunday, is like New Year's Eve in the church, and next Sunday is like New Year's Day. That means that we have a week to celebrate. You better make plans. So when we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, we remember that God gave authority to the risen Christ to rule over all of the universe the whole of the universe. And the character with which Christ does this is grace and love. So if we took a look at the worship calendar through the lens of physics instead of theology, we could say that today we remember that Jesus is Lord over all that is ordinary matter, in ordinary time, in dark matter, in dark times, everything that is. God is creating life where we can see it and in places that we cannot. God is creating life in ways that we understand and in ways that we do not. So when we see signs, Jesus says, have hope. Next week on the church's version of New Year's Day, we begin the practice of looking for signs that God is near. We seek to know the ways that God gives compassion. We seek to know the ways that God supports and builds up people and encourages and makes all things new. And Jesus begins to go there by telling a parable about a tree. Look at the fig tree. Look at all of the trees, Jesus says. As soon as they sprout leaves, you know what is coming. A season of summer is drawing near. The fig tree is a reminder that in trouble, in suffering, in hardship, that God is near. And we can look to God with hope, even when we are afraid, even when we are anxious, even when we do not understand what is to come next. When the anxiety and the tension of not knowing takes hold, faith, faith calls us to trust in God's grace. When we know that things are going to change, but we are still waiting on what that is going to be, the church has a phrase that it uses. The church says, already but not yet. It's an expression to say that God is here, we know, but the world has not yet become what God desires it to be. God is with us, yes, present, but we must still imagine and wait and work toward a day when the world will look like what God has called it to be. And God is preparing us for this future. It's hard to imagine, but we can imagine it. Imagine this, a world without a pandemic, a world without food insecurity or poverty, a world that is defined by equality and racial justice, a world 
where people and their way of life are not illegal the way the Scottish clans were made illegal. And this is the imagination that the Kirking of the Tartans imagines. A world where the clans find welcome instead of being outcast. A world where a community's way of life is not seen as threatening. A world where people do not need to fear for their lives from one another. A world where people pursue the entire well-being of one another together. A world where people live together in joy and in peace. Already, but not yet. We can imagine such a world, but when we look around, we know that it's not here. And even if we cannot see it, we know that God longs for a healed world. This is hope. We can imagine such a reality, even if it is not yet here. If Christ will make hope real, then we too have a role to play. We can find and reflect where the light is. There's a pastor in Chicago, a man named Otis Moss. He tells a story about this kind of hope. He was struggling to fall asleep one night, and around 3 a.m. he heard a noise in the house. His wife Monica also woke up, and she nudged him and said, you go and find out what that is. So he goes downstairs and hears the noise again coming from upstairs, and he walks up to his daughter's room, and there she is on her bed spinning around, and as he enters the room, she says, look at me, Daddy, look at me, and being that caring father, sweetness prevails, and he tells her it's late. She needs to go to bed, but she says, no, no, look at me, Daddy, look at me, and she kept spinning, she kept dancing, those pigtails were twirling in circles, and he was losing his patience. And then he describes an experience of God nudging him. He looks at his daughter, and he realizes that she is there, dancing in the dark, he looks at his daughter and he thinks, there is darkness all around her, but it is not in her. There is darkness all around her, but it is not in her. The fig tree is a reminder that the troubles, the sufferings, the hardship that may surround us, that will surround us, is not in us and we do not need to give in to it. Back to physics for a moment. When I explained dark matter, I shared that dark matter does not interact with light. And the scientists tell us that this is the reason why we cannot see it. In an interview, Lisa Randall pointed out something so interesting about this. It, it's that when we recognize that dark matter does not interact with light, it means that we as people cannot engage it. We are not made to engage it. And as humans, we are made, built, designed to interact with light. But we are not light. We know this, for Christ is light. God made us of material that reflects light. 
So when we live as God calls us to live, we reflect the light of Christ. When there is trouble and there is suffering, we can reflect a hope that is coming, even if we do not know that it's yet here. And the season to do this is now. So how will you reflect light to your neighbor? How will you help people in your life face troubles with grace? Christ offers hope for such trials. Can you be a part of reflecting that light? It is what your body already does. It is what you in creation are made to do. So how will your relationships, your energy, what you give your concern and heart to, how will all that reflect light? For this is a season when we give our attention to life that pushes back despair, and we give witness to the hope of God coming among us in joy and peace and love that we can so share. May these things be yours in this season that calls us to generosity as we wait for the promise of Christ's return. May it be so for you today and tomorrow and to the ages of ages. Thanks be to God. Amen.